What's up everyone and welcome to episode 63 of the Justin Insight Podcast. My name is Tim Birkbeck, I'm a writer, I'm a lover of films, music and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Uh, firstly, I need to apologise for my absence to those regular listeners. Um, due to work commitments and me being in a different country, I was unable to put out an episode in the last couple of weeks. Um, in fact, I actually had an intro and everything recorded for this episode that I'm about to put out. But things got really manic at my day job, so I didn't have a chance to do any editing or anything. Um, and then I flew out to Berlin, um, so everything was kind of sat ready on my laptop. But then if I put out that intro, it would have been really old and out, out of date by the time this goes live. So I thought, re-record, do everything fresh. So here we are, we're at this week's episode. Um, but yeah, since I have been gone, as I mentioned, went to Berlin, went to uh, the Mr. Stars Fest which was absolutely awesome. I'm not going to lie, I was kind of bricking it a little bit because I was meant to be going with a friend of mine who was unable to go, uh, so ended up actually flying to Berlin on my own um, and sort of having to work my way out there on my own, but managed to see meet some friends at the fest and everything was fine. And yeah, it was really cool. So many rad bands. Uh, Suffer and Portrayal of Guilt were particular highlights for myself. Um, I'm actually going to try and see if I can get someone from Portrayal of Guilt on the show ahead of when they come back over to Europe for Fluff Fest in July, so fingers crossed for that one. Um, also, my band, uh, The Divorcee, had a couple of shows uh, this weekend just gone. We played Brighton as part of the No Escape Fest, which was really cool. Um, got to see our friends in, in Mr Lizard again, which was which is always fun. Um, and then we had a hometown show on Sunday uh, with Watch Cries and Miners, which was really fun. It was really cool to see the Edge of the Wedge busy again. It's been a long time since that venue's had kind of a DIY punk show in there that's been pretty well attended. So, yeah, that was really nice to see. Um, and I actually said to to the promoter and our bassist was there, like, it's nice to see that venue busy and it not be full of our friends, just full of, like, random faces that none of us really knew. So that was really cool. Um, also got a show coming up this Sunday in Guildford, which I'll put the details... Uh, in the description of this episode if anyone so wishes to come see us uh, it'd be nice to see if if any of you guys are around and listen to my band uh, you might not i don't know but for anyone's interest is there anyway we'll get into this week's show and my guests are nick uh max and jordan the trio that make up cold bones uh during the ta- chat we discuss obviously how the band formed and they actually kind of have a epiphany that they we're all in the same band at various points of time. A band that obviously wasn't Cold Bones. Um, obviously talk about how the band comes together. Uh, how they kind of stumbled into to the post-rock genre. But how they're kind of a little bit different to your stereotypical post-rock band. Um, obviously their, their debut album which has done really well for them. Um, I'm a, As I mentioned in the chat I'm a massive fan of it. Uh, and yeah like everyone seems to, to be really digging it. So yeah those guys are, are absolutely nailing it at the moment um so yeah please enjoy my chat that i have with the guys in cold bones and i'll see you on the other side joining me this week on the justin insight podcast is Jordan, Max and Nick, uh, the trio that make up post-rock band Cold Bones. Um, guys, thank you very much for 
for joining me. How are you on this sunny Wednesday afternoon slash evening? Uh, yeah, we're good. It's actually raining. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's been for the last two days. Yeah. Apparently, we've had two months of rain in two days. Oh so. shit! Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not been great. I got. I got a leak in my my roof. So, yeah. I apologise for rubbing in the sunniness then. No, it's all right. As as mentioned, obviously before, kind of we went into the show proper. It's the show is called Just an Insight, and I like to sort of take my my guests on a journey. So, um, obviously, with the three of you, I'm going to kind of go step by step, but we'll kind of merge it all together and, and get into cold bones itself so um what i'd like to do to start off is ask you guys how you kind of got into alternative music in the first place so what was your kind of introduction so i guess uh jordan if we kind of start with you and we'll go around so how, how did you awesome. sort of get into alternative music to start with uh well it depends what you call an alternative i mean like i was raised on like classic rock and heavy metal so that was always going to be a pathway into the sort of bands that I'm into today. So yeah, you know, I've I've seen all the classic rock bands and stuff like Iron Maiden and Motorhead from a very young age. So um, then from there, obviously, I got into bands like Killswitch Engage, a sort of metalcore, and then you know, Emerosa, and then slowly got into this sort of more uh, experimental, like post rock side of stuff, like God is an Astronaut. But yeah, all from parents really, from a young age. That's my where I got it all from. <laughs> uh, Nick, what about yourself? Um, I mean, I think the first time I'd I'd actually listened to music that was alternative would have been like when my big brother first introduced me to kind of metalcore, but it was more him and his friend listening to it in our bedroom that we shared and me being like, this is terrible. And then being like, actually, no, I think I like this. Um, Other than that, I mean, going to like my parents, they listened to bands like Queen, Led Zeppelin, Sting and the Police, kind of quite quite a range really, but it was never really anything too alternative, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. And Max, what about you? Uh, for me, like uh, same as these two boys, like parents definitely having an influence. Um, I just remember being in the car listening to Oasis quite a lot, um, Placebo and um, Pulp's A Different Class album, um, which is, that I just remember it being like my first memories of music. But I think what really shaped like the alternative side of of why I'm in, I suppose, an alternative group is that I. I was brought up on that whole American Idiot album, right? Um, as well as like, the whole whole Fallout Boy um, coming into uh, the mainstream as well. So that that was kind of my take on alternative rock music, if that makes sense. Well, it kind of sounds like you've all sort of had kind of different sort of journeys into it in sort of the exploration of, of it yourself. So if I kind of move on to how you guys kind of got into playing music itself, so. Uh, Jordan, I'll come back to you because obviously you said like cool, you, man, cool, you man. were going to to sort of those early sort of classic rock gigs with your parents. So were you, were your yeah, parents yeah. quite musical? Were they kind of pushing you in that that direction? Uh, no, parents are not musical. At oh, all. No. Just sort of, <laughs> uh, big, well, just big fans of music, you know. So uh, they'd always want they would want us to see that like me and my siblings like they want us to see the bands before they sort of you know they're really old. Most of the members in like. I made and see the bands before they die. Yeah, before they die. So like, mm. I get a chance, and then from there, it was always going to be natural that I wanted to get into guitar and sort of. Yeah, so it was never pushed upon me or forced upon me. None of my other brothers and sisters sort of play. So, so was there ever kind of like a moment for you that just sort of like clicked and thought, right, I, I need to pick up a guitar kind of thing? Probably would have been watching like some forty one, 
in too deep music video. I mean, they didn't get me into some forty one, but some forty one, yeah, just wanted to jump around with a guitar. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And Max, what about yourself? What, what was kind of your your introduction to actually sort of playing playing music? Um, I remember, I can't remember exactly how old I was. I think it was about uh, six or seven, but my dad taking me to his uh, mate's lockup and, and showing me like a drum kit up close for the first time and being able just to sit behind it and just have a whack and, and see what uh, the drums sound like. Um, that's my earliest memory of, of being musical, having a musical instrument. But then a few years later, I just totally went away from the drums and got a guitar for my birthday, okay. which I just couldn't get on with at all. <laughs> I just couldn't do that, the fingering part. Um, and then a month later, my brother actually got a drum kit, and then I just jumped on on that. And I remember just instantly getting that four four beat. And I, I don't know if it's the same for most people, but I didn't have lessons or anything. I just cracked on with it. Um, but yeah, I basically started with drums, then went to guitar, and then stuck with drums. Because you want you want you wanted to be better than you than your younger brother. <laughs> oh yeah, sibling rivalry. I think that was yeah, yeah. kind of like myself because my my older brother he plays guitar. And I was sort of like, oh, I want to do something. And I, I tried doing it and I couldn't. Well, I don't know if I'm just sort of, my, my hands just couldn't get around the frets and things like that. And I just, after I think about a month, I gave up. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm going to stick to to doing vocals because I know I can shout kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was difficult because it's just like when, when especially like when you're 11 and it's just that going every week off school to like someone's house to practice yeah. for an hour, it's just a bit of a drain. Um, you just want to get home and you want to be good straight away you want to to start a band straight away Um, but I've actually started learning guitar again now I'm really going to like buckle down because I'd love to get involved in a bit more of the the writing with these two with the guitars otherwise I just hum melodies at them (laughs) we work work it out in the end but it's just a lot nicer to be involved Uh, and Nick what about you what was your kind of first foray into playing music Um, I think the first time was it would have been with my big brother his mate and then one of my friends who they were also brothers and um yeah I think it was just like we just really wanted to make a band and they were like oh you know what can you do and I was like I can't really do anything but that guitar's only got four strings so that seems a bit easier than the one with six strings wait was I in that band with you? no that was with uh, Lewis yeah so, classic bass it was in in his bedroom on his brother's no. drum I swear I played in that as the original Coldplay as well but I mean yeah whoever the original members were um, yeah it was just kind of yes because we picked up that bass from Jay didn't we yeah <laughs> sorry side note um, yeah no like my mate had a had a bass and he was like yeah you can borrow it and just went from there really just realised um, literally this cool. podcast has literally just made us realise that we were probably oh, all in the same band without realising years and years ago I've, yeah I've literally remembered all that but yeah I mean since then to be honest like um, you know it was tried that and then tried guitar didn't like it went back to bass and you know it was um, yeah it was quite a long process I guess but yeah I mean we've obviously on a side note we've always kind of been in bands together okay uh, um, and obviously since the beginning I guess and it's always been like kind of different members here and there and then yeah naturally we've just kind of all come back together yeah I guess. first band together was like 14 was it? Yeah, it must have yeah, been. first band together, and this is well. I won't, say our, I won't say our last band, but it's definitely the oh, band we want to. Oh, we want to. We want to last. Yeah, want to last. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of like the the next thing that I was going to ask because obviously people now will know you as as Cold Bones, but obviously a lot of people before they get to that point are in various other bands, may have some form of success, may be have one gig and then kind of die. So, if you guys talk me through kind of your sort of early bands like what 
what as you mentioned obviously you've all been in kind of bands together previously so what sort of music were you playing what did you have sort of other experiences of, of sort of going out and gigging or were they just kind of like small t- hometown bands what what were those experiences like for you guys um I, yeah i mean we like like i said before we've always been in bands like either together or with other people and i guess it was more alternative music or um you know kind of just rock or definitely yeah you know, this kind of stuff. style and i mean me and max were in a band together and we were doing i wouldn't say quite well but we were doing all right in we're our doing hometown. our age, I suppose. Yes, yeah. like and we, we did do a couple 18. of tours, but it's the kind of thing where literally, you know, you'll be playing to the other band you're on tour with. Um, but it was still kind of a nice experience to have when you're that young, you know, you, you go into a bar and play and then you know you can't drink and it's kind of like, it's nice being like, oh yeah, I'm going to have to tell my grandkids that when I was 15 I was on tour, you know. Um, obviously looking back now, it's, it's just like, oh yeah, we spent a lot of money on a... Well, <laughs> in, in, in fairness, our, our guitarist in, in the old band, myself and Nick that he like, booked us like a, a week or two week mm. tours kind of thing and, and in credit like they worked out and we were able to get a van at like, such a young age and, and go for it on tour and you Jordy and your other bands as well yeah I mean we, we've, yeah I, I joined a band later on which then done some stuff with Nick and Max but my band before that was just a lot of Kent, Kent shows all the time and yeah, yeah. sort of like not really outside yeah. of that I mean we're better than what we Thanks very much. Yeah, we did have experience. Yeah, we had we had experience, but not not proper, I guess. Yeah, yeah. at the time it felt you know not what we're good. experiencing now. Yeah, I for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what? what like, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, what kind of like? Because obviously now you're kind of playing sort of like the atmospheric sort of post rock stuff. But what what kind of stuff were you playing back in those early days? Was it sort of uh an incarnation of what Cold Bones is, or is, was it completely no, no, different? No, not at all, no. no. Like, it's completely different. Not not like a, a world apart from what people would be familiar of. Like, we, like you said, George, Def Havana, and um, there was definitely a bit of a Don Broco vibe there, and you had, in your band, like, a bit of a metalcore group. Yeah, kind of and thing. we was into, like, like, I'm not sure if you remember, like, Hilda May. You remember that band? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, like, yeah, just sort of, sort of like, old rock, sort of like... Uh, Thing. Yeah, and obviously yeah, a little bit into metalcore as well but um, to be honest nothing compared to I mean what we do now and I don't think any of us were really particularly mm. listening to that style of music either no, not at all. I think for myself and Geordie when, when we started the band like we, we were like writing let's say we were writing post-rock or instrumental rock before we even really realised there was a genre called post-rock right okay we we did we had like no idea about we had a we had a rough idea yeah. about bands like Moonlit Sailor and, and we had a kind of an idea of what God is National like and tied to man, but to be honest with you, we we never set out to yeah. to say okay, we're not we're going to stop doing this music in a, in one band and make this music. It just happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just you know, if a couple of us who didn't couldn't sing, write jam any songs, <laughs> and it was actually you know what, we could play a five minute song and. I don't think people would get bored that there's no vocals in yeah, it. Yeah, we wouldn't. We wouldn't get bored or conscious conscious of that either. Yeah. Well, before we kind of get into Colbane's itself, I just want to talk about like the the Kent scene. So, what what was it kind of like for you guys growing up? Was it quite sort of active? Were there a lot of bands that yeah, you yeah, were able to go and see? A lot more than now. It was mental to be like it was. It, there was a lot of promoters around doing really good things. Some really cool live venues. Lots of bands. Um, it was constant, wasn't it? Like it would yeah, be every week. Every week you would have to be like, right? Can I afford to go to all these shows? Rather than being like, you know, I hope there's a show this week. 
or, or yeah, John's someone that paid five pound for a show. Yeah, it's exactly. Never like yeah, that. It's yeah. like I am paying five. And even playing shows, sweet. you could play. You know, we're from Margate, so you could play Margate like. You know, whereas you can't do it now, you'd be you play like twice in a month. Do like and Margate it, it wouldn't affect <laughs> the fact that people would keep turning out. Like everyone our age, it was the only thing you could really do. Yeah, yeah. It was just like it was. It was just where like you knew you were going to hang out with all your friends. Yeah. And, you know, you didn't have to really arrange everything. All it was your just fringes. like yeah, you just know that everyone would be there. Lots of all dayers as well. Okay. Lots of all dayers. Mm. Yeah. What um, sort of like mixed bills or? specific yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh so many mixed bills yeah you yeah. get some promoters who would just be um, very much like oh this is going to be like a hardcore show um, or you might get one promoter that might do something in, in a charity event and just have a load of different like alternative rock bands or some pop punk bands yeah. in there and then uh, heavy bands in the night maybe um, it, it was it was to be fair it was buzzing back in the day because everyone knew each other and so many yeah. friends in different bands there was no reason to sort of segregate certain you know uh, genres and make like what Max saying like making them just one night it'd yeah. be like everyone mixed together which and not just that it's like the amount of people that we actually met at those kind of yeah. you know those shows where even now I can think of people and be like oh my god yeah they had that band back in the day and you know you if you ever meet up with them you'd probably have a laugh about that <laughs> yeah. it's you know it, it when you think back it really means a lot yeah, that a we had that kind time. of scene yeah, yeah. definitely it's like, really nice looking back and, and it's really nice for us actually because it's kind of like oh we, we've made it through that yeah. and we're still going hard I think it's because we're still quite young yeah. like we started young and we're looking back and being like oh that, that was good times but we, we've, done, we've done pretty pretty well to get through it and, and, and still be um, in people's minds and motivated and, yeah. yeah motivated so talk me through how you because obviously you've mentioned that you've, you've kind of been in different incarnations of bands sort of up until this point so how did the, the three of you meet in the first place I think literally like from this podcast I think we've just kind of figured it out a bit <laughs> that, that I, yeah. I, no, I think if, yeah I, I remember being at school with a friend and then um, his brother gave me a call because he heard I was like, kind of playing drums in, at my home and he said uh, I need a drummer do you want to come and join his band I was like okay who's in it and then he said uh, his brother and then he mentioned you Nick mm. I was like who's Nick and your mum used to run a youth club we yeah. went to that youth club oh, okay. I was like, okay I'm aware of Nick so I went around his house and then Nick joined with this random bass and we I remember just like me and you started playing music mm. and then I remember not seeing Geordie for like three or four yeah. years and then all of a sudden he now plays guitar and was like our band sort of stopped didn't it Nick yeah yeah we found Geordie and then we just started playing at the youth club for a little bit of fun yeah and it just stuck yeah, yeah. but we we go further back than that. I mean, oh, not yeah. musically. Like, I think we all went to the same infant school. Five, five and six years old. We were going. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then me and Jordy have always been. Well, we went to primary school together, primary school together we? Yeah. like different classes, so we didn't really know yeah. each other. We knew of each other. Same secondary school with Max, but not really hang around each other too much. But uh, yeah, you know what secondary school is like. It's, it's massive. Yeah, so yeah. You, you, yeah. So many yeah, people so. about. Yeah. But then slowly we just kind of all end up coming together didn't we yeah and yeah. you know where we're from Thanet it's a small place so I think anyone who's a musician knows is going to know each other and yeah so it's cool so, and so from kind of the those early sort of earlier bands like how did the the conversation come about to, to forming Cold Bones oh now this would be an interesting one because you talk about earlier bands um my band were playing a sort of last show sort of thing, like we were sort of reunited for this one-off gig. Um, and me and the drummer from that band sort of met up early for a practice and had a little, little bit of a jam uh, together. 
down in my basement and then called up Max and was like Max you want to come along and um, Max played bass he, he never used to play bass but they said, Max, come along for, they said I want to come along for like a jam and I was like okay but Joe's on the drums so like, no no you, just come and play bass just, and I was like okay I'll, I'll do some like root notes kind of thing because yeah, yeah. I've got a sense of rhythm obviously <laughs> I hope I do uh, and then uh, and then we sat down and it was like oh my god like we're playing like a song I'm playing a song on the bass kind of thing and it, it, to, there the bass lines were very basic and but it served the song and it fit it served both songs really and then that's how myself Geordie and Joe formed the band Coldbones originally just to be an internet band kind of thing just have some fun because Joe lived in Brighton and plays for the band Muskets and, and yeah, he plays oh, in yeah, yeah. Muskets yeah yeah um, and I think me and you definitely wanted to take it a bit further. Yeah. I think Joe did as well, but obviously being in muskets, he had to focus on, on that, which is fair play to him. And then the opportunity came where Joe left and the drums needed filling. I was like, okay, I think I feel much more comfortable on the drums and we know this sick bass player in Nick who I was in a band with. And done our music videos. And done our <laughs> music videos. I mean, in that situation, yeah. I mean, I'd done all the music videos before. I was obviously friends with all the guys anyway. <clears throat> and um, I was away on tour, um, like doing photography for one of the bands I do. And um, we, the plan was that when I got home, we were supposed to be shooting the Where It All Began video. And uh, I just get a call from Max, like, oh, so Joe's left the band. And I was like, right, so how are we going to shoot this video? He was like, I'm not too sure, I might have to cancel it, but yeah. And I just came, popped into my head, I was like, well, if, if you want to jump on drums, you need me to fill in on bass. For any shows you've got planned or whatever, that's fine. And we're still in the same band. We were still in the same band, yeah. Another band. band, yeah. And uh, Max was like, "Yeah, I'll call you back in five minutes." Call me back. I was like, "Do you want to join the band?" Like, yeah, sweet. Which I'd, I'd kind of wish for before. That's that like, secretly what. I, uh, I mean, I, I was at, like, you know, it was kind of at that stage. It was like, I guess one of my favourite bands. You know, the the distance EP I, I loved, and hence why I wanted to do all the videos. Yeah. And um, you know, it was almost Colbones that started off my career as a director videographer so it's like it was nice that they came, came together um, so, so at, how long that, how, way, how yeah. long ago was this that you joined Nick two years ago we've been a band May, since it? It was May, yeah, yeah. we've been a band since 2014 right but when people ask I think we kind of try to say now we, we started maybe in 2016 okay. just, yeah. just because of the fresh lineup kind of thing yeah. and, the, and the vibe we're going for and it was the first the time that we felt like we're actually gonna you know Put, put the pedal down and we're gonna actually go for it now so mm-hmm. no not being held back obviously you know Joe left and he he left so we could actually do Progress, more yeah. so that's yeah that's when we say that we started but pretty much it was 2014 really as an internet band so was the the idea of it always to be sort of post rock or what, what was the initial kind of idea going into it we wanted to write something a little bit different and we knew what reverb was <laughs> we knew we knew about yeah. atmospheric music and none of us could sing yeah. we didn't want to sing we didn't want to have the the time of waiting for someone to finish lyrics oh yeah lyrics aren't done yet lyrics aren't done. Mm. no no we just we wanted to try something could we make a song without vocals and like i said earlier we didn't even realize post-rock was an actual yeah. genre in itself or mm. instrumental music we heard of bands like moonlit sailor and titan man but at the same time we weren't aware of the the expanse of that yeah. that particular genre. Yeah. The fir- sorry, I was gonna say the first Colburn's jam, uh, Colburn's practice ever was literally just a jam, and it yeah. turned out to be that we wrote two songs in, in one a, practice. Yeah, and we liked it. Mm. I no- remember when when Max first came to me and said, "Oh yeah, we've uh, you know I've made this other band that I kind of knew about," and he said, "Oh, here's two songs that we wrote." I remember listening to it and just being like, "There's there's no vocals being 
bit confused. And that was my first introduction to post-rock. Okay. Um, but, you know, I mean, like I said, conveniently, at the same time, I started to do music videos. And I was like, this song, Maeve, I really want to do a video for. And, uh, yeah, ended up just shooting it in my living room yeah. one morning. And, and now we like can't get enough of all, all these amazing bands. Like, we just like look up to bands like... Um, Russian Circles and God is an Astronaut and Caspian and Mogwai even Tides of Man even it? Tides of Man who yeah. we're actually really good friends with now which is really nice yeah, we still look up to them and it's just a great great experience since yeah. the start really what were you kind of taken as, as an influence then because obviously I think a lot of bands that kind of get into post-rock are influenced by the bands that you've just mentioned so was it how, what were you kind of taking influence from when, when writing those kind of early early jams sort of thing I think it was. I think I'll let you answer, Geordie, But for me, I, I was going by what Geordie was doing. Yeah, I mean, I got it. I didn't really know much about instrumental music, so I think we was all still into our alternative sort of stuff. But I had just heard of like uh, Moonlit Sailor and Tides Man then. But really, it was just going. It's just vibes. There's no like set agenda for it, which I think is how. The music was molded so quickly. We've all, we've always written music to whatever it is to serve the song, and you'll hear us say that a lot in in things like this and in interviews. Like if something serves the song, we'll do it. Um, we if yeah, that that's basically how we've yeah. been from day one. Yeah, that's why we try and make some of our well, we don't try, but a lot of our songs are quite short. Like our album's only half an hour, but that's because we're you know being so used to playing sort of like three four minute songs mm. in older bands. Post rock to the point. Yeah, yeah post rock <laughs> to the point. Like, if, if it's done, like, if we feel like the song's done, it's done. We don't need to extend it to seven, eight minutes. Like, we just go by the vibe and. But then equally, right. we can appreciate the longer songs and Definitely. why songs are longer. Yeah. You know, if, but you know, like we said once again, it's if it serves a purpose to be long, then you know, then it works. Just like hands, uh, hands between us. I think, like playing that live, even though it's a long song it works because it's it's kind of like a dip in the set where everything goes a bit calmer and people are there and they're kind of like you know kind of bopping their heads and uh kind of chilling out for a bit we do we do like pro progressive parts as well don't yeah, we i mean sure, yeah. if you listen to the hands you can definitely get a sense of this will destroy you in there again another massive influence for us and particularly the the mighty rio grand that that song i reckon you could probably look at as a bit of a hands between us which is one of the first tracks we released so yeah. Well, cause, does that answer, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we went off on a tangent there, didn't we? Well, you kind of uh, sort of delved into what I was going to ask next because obviously a lot of sort of post-rock bands they're renowned for sort of like these drawn-out songs, got sort of 12, 15 minutes and whatever. But obviously you guys are succinct and to, to the point, which I think is quite refreshing within that sort of genre. So uh, I'm not going to get you to, to to repeat yourselves, but do you find that people that are being introduced to your music we'll, we'll get on to where it all began in a minute but maybe in those early days that the fact that you were playing these kind of shorter quote-unquote snappier songs that there was a bit more of a oh this is a bit different sort of thing definitely yeah mm. well i mean the first question or the first response we ever got from anyone was where are your vocals where is your singer? yeah yeah and it's it's a bit like oh we haven't got one why you need one it's like okay well that's your opinion. We don't. We don't need one. <laughs> yeah. You might want one, but we we, mm. we definitely don't need one because we like we like these songs and maybe because like some of our songs because they're so short, you can imagine it having a singer on there rather than being mm. overtly drawn out and super atmospheric. I think some people but would be like, oh wow. Not like... just that. I think a lot of people that um, 
that kind of start liking us because I mean there isn't really a post rock scene at all like down here is there? Uh, I, can't, like, I can't think of any other bands. There's a, there's a few. There's a few from Canterbury. Yeah, like um, a couple, but no, no one that we've never ever been um, like connected with. And I think us introducing it to our friends, I think because the the songs are shorter, it's a bit easier for them to to get into it. It's like we're like well, I mean we've always said we want to bridge the gap between kind of mainstream music and post rock because that's um, been a main goal for us. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like being able to play a song that's three minutes you're not you know trying to get someone to commit to listen to a fifth track, track. <laughs> yeah. and you, yeah. e- even for myself you know if if max first came to me before and was like oh I, well to be honest i'm pretty sure the main reason i didn't do hands instead of mave was because it was like five minutes and i was yeah. like no way do i want to do that <laughs> 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 do you know what i mean and that's that's myself who you know i never really listened to that kind of music yeah so because yeah. and i think because we were so new to post we was kind of like we don't really want to be playing songs that are crazy long because I mean we're not really, well we're not really used to that sort of thing. So. And when I started playing playing the bass, I literally had no idea what I was doing. I didn't want to be sat up there for ten yeah, minutes, yeah. Like, like freaking out every song. Like, where's my finger going to go next? <laughs> with my wrist hurting. With my wrist hurting and my power stance because I was literally just staring at the fretboard for that whole like first year or whatever. I was doing the bass. I was just staring at the fretboard, like with a massive panic on my face. But that's probably another reason why. But I really like what Geordie said, like, probably because we're from a background where we have been in alternative bands, writing short so- shorter songs, pop poppy songs. And I think that obviously, see, like, I don't know, because obviously you've got those shorter songs and obviously you had a, bit, a background in sort of playing live music. When you f- first started going out and doing shows, what was that kind of first initial response to you guys like? Uh, I think stage presence was a, a well I'm, I mean that's cut into the chase I guess but I think um, well I mean obviously I wasn't playing the first shows but well Joe, Joe and Geordie were definitely like confident on stage and you can and you can see it in in their like, stage presence now um, and, I, and I wish I was a little bit more, more confident but I definitely think like you said stage presence mm. definitely um, and I think a bit of a general fa- you, every band gets that little bit of family and friends hype kind of thing oh my mates are doing something different. Let's go and check it out. And because mm. maybe we didn't play in our bands, um, in the local bands around that time very much, um, it was just something to do, I suppose. And people were like, what's this about? Let's go and check it out, kind of thing. Because we only played two shows: one in Margate and one in Brighton. And that was supposed to be it. That was literally supposed to be done. Yeah, that was that was going to be Coburn's done. But um, and then, like enough, we played one show at supporting funeral for friends, and then we went straight out and tour and played with uh, Elephantis a melodic hardcore band so that was over in Europe, in Europe as well yeah and that was interesting because obviously they weren't post rock <laughs> yeah. people appreciated the fact that yeah. our songs you know yeah they were shorter but the stage presence and things like that they're quite surprised by it um, and yeah. yeah in terms of kind of writing is something that I've always been sort of interested in within sort of post rock obviously I know you guys are a little bit different because you have the shorter songs but obviously there's still kind of that element of sort of building it up and then bringing it back down. So talk me through kind of your writing process and when you kind of know that that's the kind of the end of the song and there's not that temptation to be like, oh, we can dra- drag this out a bit longer sort of thing. It, it, for, for me, it's definitely when like you look up and you see that your mates like standing there and you're just like smiling, like nodding, like that was great. And then it kind of just like ends naturally yeah. okay. and I know I know it's a bit of a cop out on the answer oh it ended naturally but, <laughs> yeah. but you, I think I think you just know 
like when a song like with hands we always go back to hands as an example one of the first songs like that was written it builds and builds and then it goes big and then we could have just ended it with a nice kind of ring out but why not just take it back to the roots and see where it where it goes um or maybe you have a song like on our on our latest album like um where it all began where it just ends on on like a a riff and a, a nice like head banging part and I think at the end people just want to rest their heads as opposed to be yeah, more, here more, we yeah. go again yeah we, we want to rest our heads as well so keep our necks safe <laughs> yeah. yeah well we'll we'll move on to to where it all began obviously yeah. de- debut albums had great sort of reviews and acclaim like myself when I first listened to it I was blown away by it um, okay. I've got got to admit a bit of a, a weird sort of thing so I actually heard of you guys uh, about a year or so ago um, okay. when you played Basingstoke Live of all things so basically my day job is I work for the local paper in, in Basingstoke so oh, okay. I was there in a in a work capacity, but obviously with my alternative hat on, I was like, I'm going to spend a lot of time at the Ant stage. Um, hadn't heard you guys, but I thought, oh, I'll go check them out, and was pleasantly surprised that you weren't the generic metalcore bands that were re- on the rest of that bill. And oh, so, so since then, I've kind of followed you. So when I heard that the, the album was coming out, I was super psyched. And oh, was awesome. really impressed with it. And as I say, I think loads of people have kind of been really receptive of it. So, what were you kind of taken aback by how well the, the album has been received? Definitely. Yeah. Um, Thank you very much for kind words as well. I like, really, yeah, really appreciate so that. Cool. Really appreciate that. Um, I th- yeah, I th- yeah. I think we're a little bit shocked at how we've never had like we yeah we people it's, <laughs> like it's nice stuff. it's a nice shot it's, it's really good we, we didn't really think people not that we ever thought people wouldn't be into it but we just love how people are, are getting us yeah if that makes sense we, yeah, people definitely. understand why why we're we've written an album like that why why we're taking post-rock in that direction in, in our sound and in our heads kind of thing yeah like this sort of we, we were thinking you know it's a short album like half an hour is you know quite a, yeah it's snappy know, it's snappy yeah. but I think people have sort of dug the fact that it is like that and uh, you know just really taking it on board we're really blown over by everything like you know even getting put in magazines and mm-hmm. radio like we said like if we can get a song like a post rock track on the radio we are oh, yeah. so blown away by that and we've had like we've, we've been like we've been in like uh, been on um, Radio 1 Rock Show and, and Kerrang and, and that is an absolute dream come true yeah. for us and by no means are we carrying the flag for post-rock or becoming ambassadors for post-rock um, we, we just doing what we're doing and, and love it and, and really appreciate the, the kind words people like yourselves and in the industry giving us and, and general music lovers out there as well so that that's what we love doing if we delve into to the record itself obviously there's a bit of a, a, a concept sort of running through it so for people that maybe not necessarily know where, where did the kind of idea of, of what the album was going to be sort of come from and how did it progress and develop a little bit of a a strange one for us it started with the artwork and we had an idea in our heads of something um, we wanted to have done for us we wanted a painting of um, a butterfly withering away into maybe a moth or something okay Um, we got in contact with an artist called Alice Sabino um, who'd done artwork for um, 
Um, a friend's band. Um, they're done a split. Uh, Kronos is our friend's band. And, uh, oh, oh split split the my, yeah, 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 yeah. And that that artwork from that we split, that. we we absolutely loved it. So we thought, oh, we got we got to get something like that. So we messaged Alice and her interpretation of our idea is the artwork you see today, and we just fell in love with it. And we thought, oh, we can, we can roll with this. We definitely have a concept. Um, and the 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 press that was released at, and the initial kind of idea behind. The concept was about the life of a butterfly and, and this small innocent creature, quite beautiful, and the struggles it goes through, um, and obviously not living for very long, kind of thing as well. Um, but as we kind of were writing it and rolling with that concept, and given the song names, um, so yeah, we had the song names, we were just like um, assigning them to each track. We kind of realised that this could be about life in general. So we've we've used the butterfly and the withering moth as a metaphor for okay, well, everyone has to start somewhere, whether that's being conceived and sitting in the womb for nine months um, to or um, that's being spaces and then where it all began well you can see that as a new life being born or, or maybe rebirth. a rebirth yeah, or a second, second chance at life all the way through to lost maybe you're in a very dark place a very sad place um, not looking good um, mentally and then suddenly you come out of it into all this like um, having moments that you reflect on and then ultimately to whatever end be it being it's the end of your life whether you deem that a positive or a negative like it's down to you on uh, for the whole concept mm. of the album it's like but beginning a new journey into the unknown kind of thing okay, we've, we've, cool. we've, yeah we've, we've wanted to kind of stress this and it's nice to have like conversations like this because I think uh, obviously you know it's part of the press release and it's great we, we, we love the fact that people really think about the artwork but there is that sort of you know it's not just about it. it's not yeah. just about a butterfly or anything like that. It was taken very very literally, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, if anything, the um, the butterfly concept is more of a metaphor for a person's life yeah. or, or just um, someone's journey, I guess. Um, but I can definitely see why people have taken it like that because obviously the artwork is a massive thing to, of our oh, branding. You know, yeah. we've used it in everything because we love it so much, and it's very easy to see that as a way to kind of you know talk to us or you know, try and figure out what the album is about because obviously there's no no, no lyrics or anything. Um, like but, it open, don't we? Yeah, no. definitely. But then also it's like same with um, same with like videos as well when people are like, oh, what's it about? Um, we can't spend all this money on a CGI button. <laughs> 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 yeah, we ain't got that kind of money. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it's nice when people make their own in- interpretations, um, and it, it's really nice hearing that you know from people that they've actually spent the time thinking, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, and it's it's. You know, really nice for us to hear. It'd be interesting to know, like, while we're doing this with you, like, did you think it was about a butterfly or did you have any kind of ideas of what it could sound to like? To be fair, off the off the bat, I didn't kind of even put the two together, because, but I think that's because I just went into it with the mind of, I want to listen to this, I want to see what you guys have got to offer kind of thing. Well, but, cool, yeah. but, like, yeah. the more I've kind of listened to it, the I don't know, I, I kind of, obviously, because I've now had the the benefit of hindsight and looking at sort of like what it's meant like I've kind of, I think I've kind of built into that but I guess like for my listening experience I don't kind of have that kind of journey of life I kind of have it as more of a kind of as, as a celebration I guess that's because I I guess for the type of post-rock that you guys make yeah. it's a bit more like uplifting I guess rather than it being a droning yeah, cool. sort of thing so that's kind of how i i took it rather than it being this is the beginning of life this is the end of life if that makes sense yeah i mean talking about how 
how the songs actually sound. Um, when we kind of put the track listing together, I think we definitely made sure that the songs sounded like their meaning. Yeah, yeah. We we, mm. we didn't have we didn't have the names of the songs first and think, okay, well, this sounds like this. We had the music. It came artwork first. Yeah. And then it had, came all the demos, and then we picked the songs we liked, and then we made sure. Um, we spent a lot of time on them in the studio and that's when we sat down and went, oh, well, let's call this song this because Lost sounds like a person who's lost maybe in yeah. some form of dream sequence or... or moments has got yeah. that kind of and it's almost like all these moments flashing in front of your eyes kind of thing. The narrative definitely came after. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that, like that's kind of how I, I took it. I took it more of as a like a visual representation rather than kind of uh, sort of me thinking about things if that makes sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But, that's cool um on that kind of sort of notion because obviously the as you mentioned the album's only sort of half an hour but all the tracks flow into one so was that kind of a a conscious decision that you wanted it to kind of run as a narrative yeah i think just the idea of it being a concept and it being continuous is like we always just kind of love that idea and um i mean quick side note as well it's quite nice that um lost naturally like we couldn't really fit any any way for it to lead into cycle um and it works because obviously on the vinyl when you have to change the side that's the only time on the album finishes. oh okay finishes. that's cool um, um so yeah that happened naturally that was uh you know that wasn't us going we need to start up there <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah i think just the continuous aspect it just always i don't really know what it was but it was a very attractive thing to us yeah. that it's a story and it's like each chapter is kind of finished with just this kind of soundscapey stuff which leads into the next part yeah we definitely pushed for it in the mixing and sort of mastering yeah. stages of it we was like okay we, we want this to sound like a which proved difficult to get it like bang on with, oh, with whoever's mastering oh, it like yeah. to get I oh, know the song starts here at 0.1 of a second yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is where it starts please get it right and to be fair Brad Audio CJ like nailed it in the end so we're very happy with how it all flows and obviously, you guys have just come come back off the tour, sort of promoting the the record. So, what was the kind of sort of immediate reactions sort of having a, a live kind of uh, audience to sort of feed back off? Because obviously, you basically release the record, then hit the road, sort of thing. So there was yeah. a, a li- very little sort of layover time. So, what was that yeah. kind of immediate reaction that you were getting from those shows? I think Canterbury first show was our hometown show. So lots of family and friends there, as, as well as friends of friends. So we got a, a nice kind of a well done, proud of you reaction, as well as that there was, was really good. There was also quite a few people there who, you know, we, we hadn't even met before. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, people that had come to previous shows who had travelled down. So it was like... It was really nice. It was just a wicked mix of people. And, um, go on. And to add on to that, it was exciting that people were... I mean, it was the first time we'd played a lot of the songs from the album. So, and there's people coming to the show thinking, like, actually saying, "I'm looking forward to hearing so and so." We're like, "Well, we're looking forward to playing it." Like, yeah, it's so going to be our first time playing it live. So, it's, yeah, it's great that people were checking out the record beforehand and actually saying, you know, like saying their favourite songs from the set are like the new ones. And we're like, "Well, we, you know, we have, we've been so looking forward to playing these songs live and changing things up." Um, no, it's been positive all round. Yeah, it? for a long time before really that as well. I mean, the set was very similar, wasn't it? Oh yeah. And there's yeah. a few of our friends that you know came out to a lot of shows and you know have given us loads of really good support. And it was nice being able to show them almost a different side to us. You know, this kind of new stage of all this new music. You know, um, I mean, other than that, we went to Basingstoke straight after and had a great response. Um, and just yeah, throughout the tour, it was just it was really incredible seeing 
um, people coming out to shows, you know, driving for an hour, two hours, yeah. coming down, making, you know, saying hi to us. It was just, it was a bit yeah. surreal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, we, amazing. Headline tour was like, can yeah. we do this? Can we do, yeah, it? Can can we do a headline? Will people kind of actually thing? come? And they did, and it, everyone's so lovely. And yeah, we, we, we appreciate absolutely everything, you know, people have said to us, people who come out and, you know, check out check us out purchase the record kind words it's, it's absolutely amazing it's great it's a great feeling and we've we've never really had it to this extent before so it's a absolute pleasure to be experiencing it all for the first time with, yeah. with people first off on the cannabis show that you know and, and love and then ending it in a room that in london where you don't really know many people but the reaction's still the same mm. so it's, it's just really nice yeah and doing it with a band like blanket as well was Oh, yeah. amazing like, Top so dudes, yeah. lovely guys amazing musicians um, I mean we, we've got like a, a bit of a live show as well we have lights and um, strobes and stuff like that and they had a similar thing with them as well so it was really nice being able to see like a different dynamic very inspiring yeah, I think yeah inspiring definitely um, yeah they're, they're incredible yeah. um, guys how I'd like to kind of end the show is to, to ask you uh, what your kind of favourite song is but with a bit of a twist so what the favourite song is that you like to play live? Um, so I'll go, I'll go around again. So um, as I started with Jordan last time, I will start with you again if that's cool. So what is oh your? So you can't cheat. It has to be one. Yeah. So, yeah, one. so yeah, one. Okay. what is your favourite Coldbone song that you like to play live and why? Oh, okay. Favourite song to play? It's gonna probably be. Uh, going from the last tour it's going to be moments yeah yeah moments yeah I love the chorus in it and I, I play like right up on my fretboard <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. cool. uh, Max okay. yourself uh, I really enjoy um, playing Lost just because I like the drum parts and that it's it's not it's not the hardest thing in the world but it's not the simplest thing I've got to think about it a little bit and really, <laughs> yeah. really hit it I, yeah I have to think about most songs wow. <laughs> the brightest sparks, but uh, I, I just hit it as hard as I can um, especially when it drops I, I just love the whole vibe of that song it, it's so like it, it just makes you feel great when I play it perfect and last but not least Nick what about you um, I would say I think this tour especially I think where it all began because oh, mate, I, I mean we, we, op- we opened with this song <laughs> Uh, with, with that song, sorry, on the on the last tour, and it's I don't know, it starts off kind of slow, builds up, builds up, and then when it drops, you know, all of us just like proper go for it, yeah. and it's when the strobe first hits as well. So a lot of people, if they're not expecting that light show, you know, they see the strobe going off, and I think like originally I was a bit worried about putting it that early in the set, but now we did. I think it just gets us so pumped for the rest of the set, and I think yeah. it just. It shakes the, the nerves off, don't you? Yeah, yeah it, just, it just creates oh, the vibe. Um, early and um, yeah, I, just, I love playing it. You know, it's, it's proper like boppy and. So, so can we can we all now completely cheat and just say we love playing all all the time? Because we we yeah. just have such a good time playing them. Then equally, like... I think we'd all agree that a very close second to all of them would be to whatever end, which is oh, our yeah. last oh, song. Mate. It's definitely that the heaviest hard. song. We finish on it, <laughs> and yeah, I think yeah, we kind of. We enter a different realm when it comes to that song. We just the all the dark world. The dark world. We we just all go a lot harder than I think we should. And it's always like even if we say we're going to go a bit lighter tonight because you know my neck's aching or whatever, and then it gets to that and we just 
kind of punch in the air and the dark world is upon us yeah. <laughs> the shadow the shadow realm yeah that's what you say perfect guys but, thank you very much yeah. for yeah. giving me your time yeah, this yeah, evening yeah, really you, appreciate yeah. it no thank you very much calm words I really appreciate everything in this yeah. podcast and so, this yeah. is cool even just doing a podcast I mean it's all first time things for us you know? yeah definitely no it's cool yeah. man really thank appreciate you. it Wicked. Wicked. take it easy guys thanks man thanks, thanks man. Cheers, bye bye, bye. Uh, so there we have it folks thanks again to jordan nick and max for giving up their time to have a little chat with me about all things cold bones um as always you can keep up to date with what the trio are doing on the various social media platforms which i'll put in the description of this podcast um i'm going to leave this outro pretty short and sweet because i'm knackered after a really busy weekend and i've got a busy week ahead of me again um but as always thank you so much for joining me on the justin insight podcast and i'll see you soon mm-hmm.